Welcome to Things You Missed in Sunday right. School. You have to go closer. I Welcome. Think. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. You sure? All right. Good, because I wasn't happy with the way I said well. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Things You Missed in Sunday School, where we talk about the lesser-known, obscure, but interesting stories from the Bible and or church history. My name is Ron, and with me today is... Hey everybody, this is Andrew. And Spencer. And uh, we don't have Kendall roped into this yet, but we'll get him uh, We'll get him soon when he gets settled from India, right? Right. right. Just came anyway, back. we've compiled, compiled, we have compiled. You got it. Come on. We've compiled an exhaustive list of places, things, ideas, uh, and people, people as well, <laughs> and uh, events that are, we're going to go through one by one. And uh, this is entry number 37, and it is entitled, The Shortest Sermon Ever. Can't wait to dig into this. All right, do either of you guys have any sermon stories that have just been totally redonkulous? Uh, I've got all kinds of them, but I'll let the the kid go first. I could probably go with everyone I've ever preached, but uh, my very first time doing a sermon ever was uh, the youth day at the church where my dad was the intern, and I prepared for about three weeks, wrote everything out word for word, thought I had, you know, a nice 30 minutes worth of material. Uh, Church was very short that day. Uh, six minutes on the sermon to the six right to the minutes. minutes. Wow. Yes, sirs. I bet you had some really happy uh, congregants on that one. They were happy with that, weren't they? I, I hope so. But <laughs> you know, indifferent. Yeah, I mean, I was six like minutes. fifteen, so you know, I might be the record. It's a good I, I, start. I know I can't beat that. <laughs> uh, I, I was feeling bad about eleven minutes. Uh, my first one was eleven, but six—that's uh, that's weak. <laughs> That's good, though. You stayed with it. You're doing great. Uh, But you know what Wayne Smith always said, right? The great preacher of the Restoration Movement. Okay, what did he say? There is no such thing as a bad short sermon. That's That's all, just because because people are fine with a short sermon. They're fine with it being short and sweet. Absolutely. My first sermon was in preaching class, and I think I just kind of froze. I was a little intimidated. I actually used to be be afraid of of speaking in front of people. I could sing in front of thousands. didn't bother me a bit, but to speak in front of people terrified me. Totally different ball game totally and uh so my first sermon was actually in front of a bunch of my peers in bible college so i was very nervous very intimidating lost my train of thought many times and i think it, it was it was about 10 or 11 minutes but it was weak gotcha. it was really weak um so i would refute wayne smith's claim that there's no such thing as a bad short sermon because that there can be bad. such thing yeah as a bad short sermon yes yeah, most of us have stories where I, people have fallen asleep on us. I've, I've got a, a good one. Um, okay. And and uh, th- this in, in no means, uh, hopefully this doesn't sound like I'm making fun at all because I thought it was great, but uh, I was preaching and you know how I will have a tendency to ask rhetorical questions. Sure. Uh, well, there was a, a young man in the service this particular day that was autistic and oh. he was answering my rhetorical questions. Oh my goodness. In the, and I loved it. Right. I thought it was great. He and I were like having our own conversation but there were some people you know around that were taken back a little bit didn't realize he was autistic maybe but i thought it was great gotcha well half the time people don't listen so at least somebody was he, listening he was enough. all i loved it i thought it was great <laughs> listening yeah. enough to actually listen yeah. or to respond i mean to actually respond yeah, good stuff well today we are talking about jonah which the story of jonah is not uh is not uh or i should say the story of jonah is a very well-known story uh it's one of the most well-known stories jonah getting swallowed by the Big fish. Don't say whale. You didn't even give me a Because I didn't want you to say whale. (laughs) You could have edited it. He doesn't even trust our biblical knowledge. All right, I'll try it again. No. The story of Jonah is about Jonah being swallowed by a 
Whale. Wrong. <laughs> a, sh- a shark. Read a Bible, Ron. <laughs> okay, we gotta get serious. Okay. Let's, okay. It says a big fish. Yes. Uh, which we all know. So that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about Jonah and the big fish. Uh, but we are talking about something else that happens in Jonah that's just worthy of note, I guess. And that is, uh, well, let's let's summarize Jonah. Can one of you guys just in five sentences or less summarize the story of Jonah? I yeah, I, I mean, you, you want to go? You want, you want me to go? I'll leave this one to you. You're going to leave this to me? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how well the VeggieTales version will translate. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. they were not slapping each other with fish. So the Lord tells Jonah to go to Nineveh and tell him to repent or he's going to destroy the city. And he decides he's not going to do that. And uh, then finally he does wind up doing it after some mishaps. With a? With, with a with a specially created fish. There we go. That's more specific. <laughs> is what I believe. He does wind up listening to the Lord. Finally decides, yes, I'll go ahead and go. He preaches to him and, and... And they repent. And they all repent. So yes, the story of Jonah is a very well-known story. But the thing we're focusing on happens in chapter 3, which is what the point of this podcast is. It's the shortest sermon ever, okay? Okay. Jonah goes to Nineveh, and after all the big fish stuff, and he's been vomited out on the beach, I've actually heard people say that he probably, uh, in the acid of the fish's belly, that he probably would have, like, had skin changing like it would have been pale and maybe and maybe lost hair like because the acid maybe ate away so he probably maybe he looked weird and probably smelled funky anyway maybe but he also he goes to Nineveh this is all he says uh this is chapter 3 verse 4 on the first day Jonah started into the city and he proclaimed 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned that is all he says there's nothing about God in there or, or Yahweh there's no mention of that at least in what we have of him saying All it is, just, you have 40 days to live, is basically all he's saying. Do you think he says that because he is so certain that there's no way these people can be saved? Or why do you think he gives such a short sermon? He did the very least that he could do in that particular situation. And still be in the will of God, I guess. Well, this sermon, in English, it's, uh, whatever, nine words long or eight words long. In Hebrew, it's only five words long. That's why I call it the, that's why we call it the shortest sermon ever. Because it's only five words long. Can you imagine a pastor or a preacher doing that today, just walking up to a pulpit and saying five words and then just walking away and that's it? You would that would be interesting, first of all. Yes, it would. But on top of that, would you expect the same response Jonah got? Like you know, for those of who have you know the story of Jonah, the whole city turns away and, and God spares them. I would not expect that from a five-word sermon, but it just shows what God can do through that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, sometimes less is more. <laughs> sure. I mean, honestly, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, to, to be a smart aleck, but... Sometimes we you, overdress okay, it. Okay, put, put it in the context of our church. Okay. If I walk up into the pulpit and I give a five-word sermon, and it's similar to this, mm-hmm. and just walk away... What do you think our people are going to think? They're going to, I think that would actually make an impact. I do too. Because it would be like, yeah, that would make an impact. Because why was it only five words long? Now, if I came back the following Sunday and did it again, people would be like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, he's just lazy. Yeah, he just just been on the golf course this week. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I know from my coaching days, uh, there was one time uh, after a ball game, uh, we had not played very well. And I just walked into the locker room and I said, practice tomorrow at six and walked out. 
Oh, that was always the worst as a player. And yeah, when that's, yeah. When, and when it, a coach only said that, you were petrified. Yes, yes. So I guess so. Yeah, the less less can be more. I but guess, I don't think you can do it very often. No, Jonah just, couldn't go back there and say the same. Right. Thing. I just thought of this uh, when Jesus first was baptized and he began his ministry. What was the first thing he said? All he said at first, at least, was just repent for the kingdom of God is near. That's all he said. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he gave longer sermons and longer lessons like that. But the first, I think, it is actually the first recorded words of Jesus in some of the Gospels, or maybe one of the Gospels. All it says is, and then Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of God is near. So I guess there's something similar to that. It's just as short and simple can be very powerful. It can be, yeah. So why do you think Jonah cared so little, or apparently cared so little about the Ninevites? I think it's possible that he's like a lot of people today that look at people and think they don't deserve God's grace. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, we can have those kind of uh, beliefs too, where we look at certain people groups and we're like, oh, God can't save them. God would never save them. What's the point of even talking to them? I think that's uh, that's a good lesson to learn from this book. And also that even God can use the littlest effort on our part yeah. to save someone. And, and I mean, there's something to be said about just obedience too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it not 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 only was it you know the very short sermon he did the absolute least that he <laughs> right? needed to do, but he was he was obedient to to what God asked him to do, and God blesses obedience. Jonah, I really I don't have anything to add to this verse. It's just I guess if anything, it's just a little fun fact that Jonah is mentioned elsewhere in the Bible, not just in the book of Jonah that he's mentioned in Second Kings fourteen. Second uh, Kings fourteen twenty five. Okay, what's it say? He restored the border of Israel from Lebo Hamath as far as the Sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which he spoke by his servant Jonah, the son of. Go for it. Amittai. Yeah. The prophet who was from Gath Hefer. Gath Heifer. If you, it's a it, city of cows. Yeah. If you don't know, I have a nice history of mispronouncing words around here. Uh, longtime listeners of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Please join us for the ladies' luncheon on April the twenty eighth. It's a uh, night in Paris. It's uh, April in Paris. Whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, longtime listeners of our podcast know that mispronouncing words is our thing. He is, and correct me if I'm wrong. He is the only prophet, I was taught this in college, he's the only prophet that Jesus directly quotes by name. He quotes other prophets, like he, yeah. I believe he quotes Jeremiah and Isaiah and all that. I mean, even his, uh, you know, I've been called to preach the good news and all that. His, he quotes, uh, is that Isaiah? I think he quotes Isaiah in that one. I believe so. Either way, he does quote other Old Testament books, but I believe the only Old Testament prophet that he quotes by name is Jonah when he tells the Pharisees that the only sign you're going to get is the mm-hmm. sign of Jonah, where Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights and then was spat out. Uh, and I'm sure I'm misquoting this Bible verse from Matthew 12. Actually, that's just I'm that's read the it. message. <laughs> that's the message version. <laughs> Please allow me, Spencer. I got this one. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. All right, so, and I believe, again, I was taught in college that he's actually the only prophet that Jesus mentions by name. That might not be correct, but that also that's just something interesting that Jonah also makes an appearance later in... Uh, the book of Jonah also makes an appearance later in Scripture. Hashtag side note. The name Jonah, translated from the Hebrew word Yonah, means dove. 
Interesting. Dove, as we also know, is the animal as a sign of peace. So maybe this was a God's way of showing that Jonah helped bring peace to the Ninevites after he went and spoke to them, perhaps. And also, when Jesus was baptized, and this might be a total stretch, the Holy Spirit came down from heaven in the form of a... Whale. Wrong! <laughs> You're wrong! Take it! <laughs> Read a Bible, Ron! <laughs> it clearly says, Eagle, America. <laughs> no, he comes down... <laughs> he comes down in the form of a dove. <laughs> okay. And that concludes this episode, entry number 37, the shortest sermon ever. We are ministers at East Columbus Christian Church in Columbus, Indiana. Of course, we invite you to our services on Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. with Sunday school in between. Yep. There are chil- there's children's church services during both those times as well. We have a Sunday evening service at 6 p.m. also. And there's also youth and children's groups on Wednesday nights with a meal at 6 p.m. and the lesson and stuff at 6.30. Feel free to contact us at mistinsundayschool at gmail.com. And as always, don't take our word for it. Take God's word for it. Catch you later. Bye. It was really a whale.